Hey, Bill and Gunnar, welcome to Blackwell Tribal Edition. Murimu here with you today as we broadcast right across the world. Thanks to our friend at uh, Bumble Media 98.7 FM and the Yudinji Broadcast System, which goes all around the world, as I said, via the World Wide Web. Now, uh, it's been an interesting week uh, here uh, at the Yudinji Government Office, and uh, this week we're celebrating a number of things. Uh, I think it was seven years ago uh, this week, uh, the city of Gimoy was officially uh, made known to the world that uh, that was our capital city. Uh, and it is a beautiful place. Uh, other people describe it as Cairns. And if you call this place home, then uh, thank you for living here. Uh, the Indian Nation is here to, to help you out as well as protect the Commonwealth of Australia and uh, all the juridical uh, personalities that have been created by and subject to the Commonwealth Constitution Act of uh, 1901, the Australian one that is. And um, joining me today is uh, Ganyara Vyamabara and of course Yurulam uh, Guraminya, the, uh, who acts as the Minister for Education. Uh, Bumi is out and out at the moment, uh, the Police Minister, the Cultural Affairs Minister. Uh, and uh, uh, today, uh, Ganyara, a wonderful day because we're celebrating also not only the the uh, City of Gimoy Day there this week, but also the, the announcement of the Energy Reserve Bank. Absolutely. See, it's now, um, like you said, uh, the, the capital city is known as Gimoy. We don't call ourselves, you know, in Cairns, we're not in Australia. Um, and as an act of sovereignty, you know, not only just naming the, the, the city, you know, the, the, the good city, as the headquarters of, of the Yidinji Nation, the capital. Um, we also, as an act of sovereignty, have to, as a matter of fact, release the currency of the nation, which is the Yidinji dollar. You know? um, it's getting a lot of attention around the world at present, uh, simply by declaring you know, the, the Reserve Bank open for business, uh, which it really is. So inside Yidinji territory, Yidinji citizens actually use the Yidinji dollar to, to settle um, and monetary obligations. Um, just like inside Australia, they've got to use the Australian dollar. Inside the US, they use the US dollar. Um, but ours is actually created pursuant to an act, you know, the, the uh, Currency Act and the Reserve Bank Act that actually brings about the money, the currency, and the legal status of it. It's not only currency, it's also legal tender. Um, so it holds a, a number of functions. But Yudinji citizens, when they have to settle a monetary obligation, must use the Yudinji dollar. They can't use Australian dollars. That's, that's in another jurisdiction. A jurisdiction, by the way, that doesn't have consent, doesn't have permission to be on our country bringing their money into the place. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's quite a big time. It's a big occasion to have the Yudinji Reserve Bank finally established and in operation, and, and it's away now. Uh, this is... This is not a Bitcoin-style stuff. We are, we have developed a, a blockchain technology, you know, so it is a digital currency, a legitimate currency, acknowledged by a, quite a number of uh, very senior officials, ex-IMF, ex-BIS, uh, the Bank of International Settlement, ex-International Monetary Fund, are saying, yes, this, is, this has all the hallmark of a real legitimate currency, and it is a legitimate currency. The problem with here is there's two lots of currency now. There's one for the Australians, for the intruders or the trespassers, and there's one from the original nation who owns the place, and that's the Yudinji Nation. Now, that is a real quandary because there really technically shouldn't be two uh, currencies in circulation in one, t in one area, one, one territory. Um, as part of all this, Yudinji has um, created the Yudinji Development Bank to allow for currency conversion. So our Yudinji dollar is convertible um, to, to the Aussie dollar, for example, and vice versa. Um, US dollars, you want to come into the bank, convert some Aussie dollars into Yudinji dollars to go and buy whatever you need in Yudinji dollars in those um, stores and shops that are operated by Yudinji people, and which is really you know, something to behold because the, the laws of Australia can't reach here, can't reach our shops, can't reach our stuff. Their taxation laws, their, their, all, all their other stuff. You know, GST, for example, inside Australia, we don't have that in our world of, of um, Australian taxation laws don't apply to our shops, our people, our money, our currency, our legal tender. Uh, so this is, this is something people got to understand. They've got to understand what legal tender is, what currency is. I see recently in, in, I think it was in Switzerland, one of their largest cities actually denominated Bitcoin to be legal tender. Um, legal tender is just something you can use to sell an obligation, but it is not the currency of the nation because in Switzerland, it's the Swiss franc. That's the, that's the currency and legal tender of that nation. Just as in Yudinji world, 
the Yidinji dollar is legal tender and currency. Simple as that. Yeah, I think it's just keeping it simple, really. Uh, like you're saying, um, if you're playing tennis, then play by the, the laws that govern the tennis, uh, you know, competitions and uh, everything else. Um, and that's what this is, really. Uh, I think it's quite simple. Uh, go back to your law. Uh, put Park Australia on the side if, you, if you're holding one of those things because you want to look after that, and that's why we want to protect the Commonwealth of Australia as well. Um, but for some of us who don't hold Australian identities, uh, and that's 100% the Indian nation, uh, and all the citizens, that is, um, they are created by and subject to the Yidinji constitution. And that law has its roots in ancient uh, times, uh, uh, customs and traditions. And that's the mayor uh, Yidinji or, or the, the law that resides here and has always was and always will be here. Uh, and uh, that was created by the boss in the sky, um, uh God, uh, for another word. And um, I think it's just going back to that now and, and, and really the world is in such a mess, uh, it requires some sort of solution, some sort of brokering, a new way or an old way rather, uh, going back to that simplicity of, of looking after family and, and things like that. Uh, and that's why I see this is quite positive, Ganyara. Oh, look, absolutely. You're talking about a great reset or something like that, are you? Um, but this is a great reset the, the Indigenous way, you know, the, the Yidinji way. Um, we don't need to, to um, dictate to people what it is. People are actually coming across to this. They're actually attracted to this, this concept, you know, of looking after each other, of being fair to each other, of not of one being the boss and, you know, everyone else being a slave. But this is the great reset or the start of it for us, for our people and our world. And yes, it is, you know, it, it's all, it's all in, in accord with modern protocols and practices of, of, of governance, I suppose, the best way of putting it. Yeah, <clears throat> one of the uh, things that, it's an older article, but one that Harry Hobbs, uh, Harry Hobbs is a, um, an expert in law uh, and the written law in, in Australia, that is. Uh, he is with the University of Technology Sydney. He uh, is uh, one of the heads there that uh, talks about constitutional law and, in particular, Indigenous rights. And this is an article where, funnily enough, we mentioned um, <coughs> money and uh, banking, death taxes and the strange history of rebel micronations. So this is on insightstory.org.au. If you uh, Google Harry Hobbs and Inside Story, this article will come up. And... So it's talking about here, former One Nation Senator Rod Cullerton's attempt to unite sovereign citizens recalls earlier efforts to step outside the Australian law. Now, Australians can't really do that, step outside the Australian law, otherwise they are outlaw. So it talks about uh, Prince Leonard and the Hutt River province and, and many others there. But down the, the track a little bit, <clears throat> and, and this is the, I would say, a consistent view now of if you've got the top five constitutional lawyers inside the Commonwealth of Australia and said, is Yudinji a micronation? They would say, absolutely not. They would say, you have to exercise caution. Because in our protocols document, it, it's an offence to the Yudinji tribe to call us a micronation, which is why I got offended a few months ago there, talking about micronations, because we're not a micronation. This nation was made by God. It has its language, it has its law, and it is ordained by God as such. And that's using Romans 13 of the Bible. Uh, if we're going to use that uh, for the, the, the governments of England and everywhere else, then it should, it should apply here, and, and absolutely it does. Now, <clears throat> here it says down the bottom um, about the indigenous nation, um, how sovereign citizens, you know, usually have a sort of a fluffy hobby approach to... Um, operating their things and it usually is born out of uh, some some sort of thing. But anyway, it talks about the Yidinji Nation in this article um, and it, it talks about how sovereign citizens were trying to build electoral support amongst the Indigenous communities in Western Australia and Northern Territory. So you might have heard about some sovereignty uh, so, uh, people that talking about um, I think it's the, 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 the Great Australia Party or something like that, that um, these guys were supporting. Um, but now, uh, 
the the other one that the Yidinji is doing is saying Yidinji Nation. This is what Harry Hobbs has written. The Yidinji Nation operates under tribal law, Yidinji tribal law around the Cairns area in Queensland. We call it City of Gimo because remember, seven years ago we 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 made that official title and made known to the world. It produces its own documents, including drivers' licences and licence plates, and is considering establishing its own passports, which we have at the moment, and currency, which we have, by the way. At times, Murumu has faced complications travelling with Yidinji documentation on lands claimed by Australia. Yeah, because most of those, uh, you know, there's a number of reasons why. And they're quite obvious. Australia doesn't recognise the sovereign Yidinji government, is what he says. But that doesn't mean it is a micronation. That's very important. Okay? So when you're looking at definitions and uh, those things, and we might talk about the... Uh, constitute a theory of recognition and, and things like that too, Ganyara, just today, just to remind people. Now, this is an Australian legal expert saying this. He said, goes on to say, Indigenous nations do more than perform or mimic acts of sovereignty. Their claim to sovereignty is much more deeply rooted and is accepted in international law and in countries like the US, Canada and New Zealand, even if Australian law doesn't recognise their inherent sovereignty, their claim is very different from that of micronations. Now, <clears throat> you don't have to be Einstein to work it out, but the Yidinji law is the ultimate and supreme law here on this territory only. We can't speak for Kukuyanji and anyone else. That would go against exactly what we're talking about. So... We want to be the friends of all and an enemy to none, which is why this government exists now to interface with the rest of the world to spread this message of peace and security and everlasting life. Uh, so we want that to ha uh, continue in perpetuity, so we speak. Okay? So, uh, anyway, <coughs> so I think it's wonderful, Ganyara, but you know, we've never said these things. We didn't have to say that as Yudinji, because I can walk and talk to Bumi or someone else or uh, Kungai and, and others and listen to the story and know that they're from this place. Absolutely, 100%. But if I listen to someone who has a European background, I know that they have a number of stories and we're happy to hear those too, whether it's an Australian one, a British one, whatever it is. But I think it's really timely that you now discuss that constitutive theory of recognition and uh, what that actually means at law and how powerful that is. Well, people have got to understand what sovereignty is for a start. Um, we'll go back to the Uluru Statement. Like you said correctly, we didn't have to make a statement. We knew who we are. Uh, we knew where we belong. We, we knew this from past, uh, who, we, who, who and what we really are. But it was the Commonwealth of Australia, when they got together their hand-picked bunch, you know, the constitutional experts and lawyers, uh, there was Liebler, there was Davis, there was, there was just a whole range of experts. Uh, they were here, um, actually, uh, just a few days ago. Yeah, up in, up in country and, um, you know, not doing the right thing, you know, quite obviously. But they, 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 the Prime Minister hand-picked the best they could find. These were the, the top experts in constitutional law, and they went and eventually got to Uluru, mid-2017, and, and produced the Uluru Statement from the heart. And in that document, they said, mm, the, these Aboriginal people have been here for roughly 60,000 years, you know, and they're still here today. They're still continuing their law. And as those original people, who were sovereign nations, by the way, we never had to make the word sovereign nation, but they did. Uh, as a sovereign nation, they own this place under their own laws and customs. So. Under the Yidinji sovereignty, we're the owners of the country, the territory, the resources, the water, the land, the trees, the whole box and dice, inside our border. Um, and that's by them saying that, not us. Then they go on further to say, well, well, first in time, because of that roughly 60,000-year gap between the establishment of, of you know, the tribal nations and the Commonwealth of Australia, which is 1901. So we were here well before them. We well, be, well before the British come, the Europeans, anyone else. We've always been here and we're still here today. Then they go on further in that Uluru statement that these nations possess a sovereignty. And when they said it coexists with that of the Crown, that means it's of an at least equal quality of the Australian Crown, if not better. Um, so we did have this, this possession of sovereignty, uh, equal to the Australian Crown, and it still is here today. It has been unceded, so it's not ceded to anyone in part or in whole, and it's not extinguished. Um, to extinguish something means there's a contract. So you extinguish the contract, which we never done. 
Um, that's why the sovereignty is here. So as we, as we come back to our original authority, the sovereignty allows the nation to create law and, and um, systems of decision-making, and coincidentally, that's what Justice Dowser said in the uh, in a native title determination for the Munding Elk by Yudinji mob, that Yudinji possess a system of authority and decision-making, they, they possess a system of land tenure, they, they possess a system of dispute resolution. So, so it's being acknowledged all the way around, not only by the Uluru Statement with the constitutional experts, but by the Federal Court of Australia. Um, so they're acknowledging that. So they are recognising the existence of the Yidinji Nation and its, and its systems of law and authority. Now, with recognition, this was what going on a few years back, Yidinji had to sort of correct people a lot. Recognition in the Australian Constitution. We're already recognised. What are you going to recognise? Uh, we're already here. You've seen us. You've talked about us. You know we're there. Um, a few people got up and said, well, you've got to declare your, your sovereignty. Um, we're, not a, we're not declaring it. We're asserting a big difference. Um, there's two theories of recognition, of course. There's a declaratory theory and then there's a constitutive theory. To declare you're there doesn't oblige anyone to look at you to acknowledge that you're there. And I think there was a number of Aboriginal nations tried to do that, declare their position. Um, doesn't really work because there's no obligation on Australia to actually look at you. It's the constitutive theory where they are, where they are interacting with you. And that's where Nigel Scullion back in 2016 acknowledged the existence at a, if I can remember right, it was a, a, a presentation in the good city of Gimoy, um, CDEP I think it was. He acknowledged the existence of the Yidinji cabinet members, the, the government was here, there, in front of about two or three hundred of the Commonwealth of Australia. So then he started to interact um, with, the, with the Yudinji government. That's the constitutive theory of recognition where they're actually starting to deal with you, starting to handle issues. Even though the main body, the Commonwealth of Australia, may not want to, to interact, uh, that's going to be a problem for them because we're interacting with nations like Venezuela, for example. They are there all the time. We support them. They support us, which sort of goes in the face of things. You know, even in the international world, the US government didn't want to acknowledge the validity of the, of, of the Maduro government, yet they're down there today dealing with them. You know, so you don't have to see anyone, but it's how you handle each other. So we're here, we're, we're acknowledged as being here. <coughs> Simple as that, they're, they're working with us. You're listening to Black Door Tribal Edition right across the country today, the Yidinji Nation, that is, and uh, if you're listening outside of that, it's via the National Indigenous Radio Service, which is uh, uh, part of the, the Commonwealth of Australia. And uh, we just want to say hello to everyone working there. Uh, wherever you are listening to this program, uh, we love you and we'll be back after the break. So how you going to tell me I should give up when everything I wanted and everything I could think of to be better than I am right now? Got me thinking, what's the plan right now? Damn, got the time but no patience The senate of the ancient, they try to keep me waiting Stuck in the past like I ain't gonna make it Staring down the barrel of a gun I take aim with Knowledge and wisdom that I got from the old people Melody and song keep me strong and all evil At a distance, my pops had a vision That one day he's gonna touch the sky and get lifted To the heights that he never seen before His only hope is that his son will have more now I'm kicking down the doors that he opened Trying to stay focused like this is my opus, man Nobody can do it quite like I can Cause I stand with my pride still intact Yo, it's deeper than rap I'm the reason made it through the concrete crash Success is so bad, bruh Tell me why you want it But you scared to really have it, huh? Man, I'm just trying to climb the ladder, bruh They say health is all that matters I ain't had it much Self-medicating every chance that I got Thinking I was at the top of my game And everything had changed The day that my seed felt the rain I became different on a whole nother level My position in the game switched up and I got better Things to think about now Like how to hold a child down And how to raise them up Say the head fit the crown now Cause man, 
Nobody can do it quite like I can Cause I stand With my pride still intact Yo, it's deeper than rap I'm the reason made it through the concrete crash I And our souls rise up from the ashes And after all this time With the love and the strength that we have If we have come, we won't be denied Watch you stand up and take our own sacrifice Time is tough, this time It's what you're living for, what you're living for For the money, for the fame, or the staple What you're living for, what you're living for For the money, for the fame, or the staple What you living for, what you living for For the money, for the fame, or to be free To be free, to be free To be free, to be free We raise our hands up The fire's burning
Hey, welcome back to the show. Um, <clears throat> I think it's time to turn our focus to the uh, the, the great Australians. Uh, uh, you know, there are many. Um, uh, we won't go into saying who and where and whatnot because there's, there's quite a list. However, I would make a special mention of uh, Larissa Waters and Lydia Thorpe. Now, I'm not promoting any particular uh, uh, political party. I know there's an election that's been called inside the Commonwealth of Australia, but we're talking about uh, Senator Lydia Thorpe. Now, uh, recently, uh, everyone in the Australian Parliament, bar a few, um, voted for the motion to establish an inquiry, that is, into the application of the United Nations Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples in Australia. Uh, It also introduced a bill to make sure um, that the Australian uh, nation complies with UNDRIP. And um, so they, they actually, the, the Greens uh, senator there, uh, successfully got that through. And um, uh, I think that's a, an exciting development, um, as, you know, looking from afar. But, um, uh, yeah, OK, um, but <coughs> we'll... Uh, I think it's uh, the, the ministers are leaving at the moment, so that's gone. That's fine. Uh, he's, he's dodging the questions, the tough questions. Um, thank you, Yerlum. Um Anyway, so I think this is really important. We've seen it sort of happening in in Canada, um, but what wh- I mean, this is going to be an interesting space now, and everything that the Commonwealth does uh, has to sort of accommodate Yudinji in this respect. Oh, it really must look. From our perspective, it's a show of good faith. Um, it, won't, it won't impact on us in any way, shape or form. Um, Australia has shown its intent by, by supporting the declaration back in, was it, uh, 3rd of April 2009, uh, when Jenny Macklin from the Labor Party actually said, yeah, Australia now supports the, the declaration. They refused to sign off on it. There was four nations that refused to sign it or support it back in 2007 when it had first come out. That was, you know, the US, Canada, Australia and New Zealand, the four big colonial powers, wouldn't support it. But Australia eventually come around, and they did back in 2009, and I think it was then that Maurice Payne, who's now the Foreign Minister, said, oh, look, it's such an important document, we just can't rush it. Um, So what's that, 2009, going back 13 or 14 years, they haven't done much about it at all. Um, So that's why Senator Thorpe finally stood up and said, enough's enough, we've got to get this thing... We've got to get it out there, get it, have a look at it. So it's shown now good faith that Australia's intention was to, to support the Aboriginal people doing what they've got to do there. And that's exactly what they're doing. You know, they, they are showing the rest of the world that they're willing now to incorporate the declaration into Australian law. And of there, there's quite a number of very important uh, articles. Articles three and four talk about autonomy, self-government, um, you know, self-determination. Article 5 determines that we can rebuild our world however we see fit while we retain a right to participate in the life of the state if we so choose. That defines a choice that we can make. They can't force us in under Article 8. As Article 8 says, you know, the Indigenous peoples can't be forced to assimilate in the life of the state, which is a real problem for them because if we don't assimilate into their world, that means we're under our own sovereignty or our own existence. Um, so you can see the complications for Australia, but they, Senator uh, Thorpe was willing to get this to go, to go forward, you know, to go through. That's a big, big thing for us to show that, yeah, they, they're starting to mature now and to act like, you know, proper adults in, in a conversation that has to be had. The conversation is how did Australia get here? Uh, how does it interact with our sovereignty? The, 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 the world of the Indigenous people that has always been here still always, will always be here. Uh, how, how does Australia interact with that now? And we negotiate things through the, the terms and conditions of a treaty, which is what this is all about. So Australia, ha- up until recently, hadn't been really worthy of a treaty with the Indigenous nations, you know, because they're just trying to kick the can down the road and avoid the issue of sovereignty. It's too late. Too late. You can't get away from the issue of sovereignty. Australia, you are trespassing on our territory. No ifs and no buts about it. The best thing you can do is to come forward and say, look, we're now adults, we're now mature enough. Let's have a sit down and have a yarn about how we're going to negotiate a treaty, how we're going to negotiate the terms of it, who's going to be doing what, how do we share power, uh, all this sort of stuff. This is what treaties are all about. What, what does the Yidinji nation expect? What does Australia expect of a treaty? 
Um, this is where we've got to go with it. But she has done a great job by getting it, at least getting it in, getting the bill into Parliament. Yeah, that, <clears throat> and that's, that's a good thing and that they're looking at that. And as long as they're not just, like you said, kicking the can down the road by announcing these things, like they've announced the Royal Deaths in Custody there a few years ago and, you know, uh, the biggest complaint from Indigenous peoples inside of Australia is that, you know, not a majority of those things have been in place and, you know, deaths in custody continue. So um, the same with uh, uh, a stolen generation. So y y you'd like to think <clears throat> that this would, would change. However, like you said, and like page 121 of George Williams and uh, Megan Davis's book says, uh, you know, um, uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it doesn't change the view of sovereignty from the Hidini point of view, for example. The same way that Harry Hobbs has said that, look, just because Australia doesn't recognise them, um, it doesn't affect their sovereignty. Uh, and you know what? It's recognised under international law. So you know how you hear all these common law people saying, oh, Australia signed it, it's, 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 it's right over to the UN in the 1970s, this, that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? It's only a matter of t time now. Uh, whether it's under the UN or not, or this, that and the other, it's a, it's a private company or a fraud, guess what? It is the property of the Yidinji Nation, the Commonwealth of Australia, that is. Uh, and we want to make welcome all men and women on our territory, uh, uh, you know, and look after them with that um, shared wealth experience. So that's what this, this banking stuff's all about. Uh, you know, it's not going to go to a secret Swiss bank account and we're just going to go and, and live under a mountain somewhere and eat Toblerone and ski. Uh, you know, um, it's, it is actually there to look after the country. Um, like I said, you know, to, to defend the weak and, and you know, get rid of poverty, for example. Uh, I know that the city of Gimoy, we talked about this last time, um, a few weeks ago there, but just the homelessness situation now is getting out of control. And it's time for Yudinji to, to step up and, and, and take care of that. Um, and, you know, that's with our police, our bank, our law, uh, things like that. So I think it's a very, very good thing. Um, but, Ganyara, I wanted to go about back to this um, the, the Reserve Bank and, it, and things like that but the world of money is changing so quick it's hard to keep up you mentioned the legal tender uh, being uh, the Bitcoin being accepted as legal tender in that Swiss city but now the UK government is back creating a, a non-fungible token uh, this is really interesting NFTs uh, a lot of people, including myself, don't know too much about them, but people think they're just a, a, a JPEG or a, a digital artwork. But there's so much more. It could be sound, video, it could be documents, uh, entry visas. All these things can be uh, like a, a government administration. Every piece of paper that is created can be an NFT, for example. So the definition is being blurred here. Um, we know that the World Government Summit in Dubai was uh, spruiking there that the traditional method of, or, or, or knowledge of, of, of money or the system of, as we know it as money or the, the Bretton Woods system, let's say, that is about to go into a major shift. Uh, and where major shifts have happened in the past, there are big winners and there are big losers. And Yudinji uh, would like to make it very clear that, you know, we've uh, sat back and watched for a, a, a hundred and uh, plus odd years, uh, and we're not we're not doing that anymore. No, we, we, we actually can't wait. <clears throat> the world the world is changing quite rapidly now that um, the digital technology is there. That's why Yudinji was our world first when they created digital identity, SSID, and. Uh, blockchain technology or digital currency, you know, so both linked together. We're not a world first in either on its own, but when you link both together through a government system, we're a world first. We even beat China by a few weeks, by the way. Um, so that, that's a big, big thing for us, you know, and we have to go that way. We, we must. Now, I think it was uh, Pippa Memelgreen, if I can think right, if I remember right there, going back to the uh, forum back in Dubai only a few weeks ago, where she said there's going to be a massive um, change in the way the money that money is seen and used. Uh, she's talking more about digital technology that's um, money issued by the central bank in the digital format. 
that is, <clears throat> by the way, programmable. And this is, you know, this is something people don't understand. Uh, a digital dollar, for example, that's programmable could be, say, you can't buy alcohol with it. Or you can't buy um, firearms, for example, with that dollar. So you can buy everything else, bar whatever they put on the list. And then that's, then that's <clears throat> linked to a digital identity, so they know who buys, who's buying what and where they're buying it, at what time of the day they bought it, they know everything. And that's this massive uh, uptick in the control of data now. So all this will be compiled against the, the citizen that buys it, uh, whatever they're buying with that digital dollar, and it'll be stored there against them as a sort of digital <clears throat> citizen score, I suppose, a social score like they have in, in um, certain countries, like China, for example. Um, there's good and bad on both sides of that, uh, but we're, we're looking very closely as to how that will operate. We're not going to be bound by their dollar, which is the reason why we made out, because they control the nation, the indigenous nations, by limiting the funds to them. There was a recent article, I think it was on the ABC, ABC News, or it might have been The Guardian, where they said that um, there is a, a racist bias inside Australia that prevents Indigenous or people of colour from advancing, you know, to, to catch up. So by limiting the, the, or controlling the dollar to those people, um, they, they limit how far they can go in life, you know. Uh, as it said, uh, Scott Morrison's uh, government uh, was basically male-dominated and blindingly white, if I can remember that was the exact term. Uh, it is, you know, why, why let blackfellas get into there where they might get some power and, and start doing good for the Indigenous nations? And that's, that's the reason why I thank Lydia Thorpe and, and, and Larissa Waters for what they're doing. Uh, Nigel Scullion, for example, all these people who have participated in trying to advance the Indigenous people. But it's up to us. Ultimately, it's up to the Indigenous nation to advance itself, not to anyone else to do it. Which is why, as you said there, George, George Williams and Megan Davis said, the sovereignty of Australia does not affect the sovereignty of Indigenous nations. You know, there's nothing to stop us from asserting the validity of our laws and customs on our territory. Um, there's only thing that will stop us is us not wanting to do it. So we've got to get off our backside and we've got to step up to the plate and start to do this stuff and create the world that we want to see, not the one that, <clears throat> that Australia want to give us or the UN or whatever. We want to participate in the world but let's participate in a, f in a fair world, you know. The Aboriginal people in Mabo, in the Mabo determination or decision, was stated by the, by the Chief Justice at the time that the Commonwealth of Australia was underwritten by the, by the Aboriginal people, the Indigenous nations. So Australia was not built on the back of sheep, as is commonly claimed, you know, how good it was back in the 30s. It was built on the back of the Aboriginal people, the Indigenous nations. And we're just stepping up to the plate to do our thing and we, honestly want to continue the underwriting of Australia but we want to do it on the terms and conditions that we agree to and, and set forth and that's part of the Udinji currency we can underwrite Australia now through that. Yes I mean the, you mentioned China's uh, digital yuan or whatever it's called uh, but also the Stablecoin Trust Act uh, which is the U US uh, government now is you know following China's uh, uh, lead there um, but <clears throat> once again the Indigenous nation uh, leading the way uh, on this continent and elsewhere in terms of tribal uh, nations doing it. Um, and coming back to that, you know, these digital currencies now, you know, this isn't a micronation developing its digital currency, okay? Um, that's what I'm saying, there is a sovereign wealth capacity and we're happy to, to uh, keep going down this track. Uh, but anyway, uh, you're listening to Black Law Tribal Edition right across the planet today. Uh, we'll be back after the break. I'm 
I'm Jimmy Little with a royal telephone. I'm the world champion, 68. Boy, I'm Lionel Rose. I'm William Cooper. I take a stand when no one even knows. I'm the walker and the sounder. The children coming home, boy, I'm groom. I'm March. I'm everything that you ask. I'm everything that you count. I'm the dead heart. Hot. hot I'm good. I'm March. I'm groom. Let me take it home, I'm Lummer. I'm the Sand Hills, I'm Cummer. I'm Les Briggs, I'm Paul Briggs. I'm Uncle Ringo with all them kids. I'm Uncle Buck. Everybody loves me, ain't number lost. Ain't none about me on the carving out of every sky. We on those flats. Now, Mr. Allen, think about me and you, we feel the same. And it might sound strange, but I'm just saying, we both unsettled when the boats came. I'm good, I'm much, I'm everything that you want, I'm everything that you come. I'm the dead heart, heart. Yeah, welcome back. Hey, look, uh, some closing comments. I think um, Gunyara, uh, I know Urulam's doing some excellent work. He was supposed to talk today, but he had to unfortunately leave. But um, uh, I know that there are um, experts in digital financial technology out there that are really beginning to understand the situation here. And it's exciting because they're going to have to create a whole new definition of where we fit in the world because um, yes as Harry Hobbs says uh, all our all our institutions and and law is something that the the international law realm not only have to recognize but have to uphold the rule of law uh, that being the first in time is often preferred at law um, which is we've been saying since day dot when we began this journey uh, on a, an official capacity that is and um, so I think that uh, uh, that definition of Yudinji uh, sitting in the world uh, with its banking systems and, and everything else is quite an exciting development, like I said. But not only that, we didn't say that we were the underwriters. The High Court of Australia said Yudinji is the underwriter. Um, and um, you can have a look at that Mabo too, not you didn't specifically, but the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations underwrote the Commonwealth. And that, uh, you know, you did use one of those. So the same, the Arundel or Cookie Ellinger and, uh, you know, all these other wonderful nations on this continent that are the continuing pre-1770 Indigenous nations uh, that reside on this continent and always was, always will be here. So I think that's exciting, the very fact that... <coughs> Um, these international uh, bodies that uh, look at central banks uh, trying to create a definition for the Indian nation is is an amazing step. It's so close. Uh, and I think once these things come to fruition uh, and that cross-border interoperability takes place, uh, it's going to change this place that we call Gimoy. Like I said, um, the businesses and the, the people and citizens and uh, uh, you know those who, who need a help a helping hand will, will get it from us
Yeah, look, it's actually changing the world, you know, quite rapidly. You know, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have thought we'd be in this position so quick, but uh, when you look back now that, uh, at how it's all evolved, uh, to recently have the, these um, central bank experts saying, look, we might have to create a new slot uh, to, to allocate someone like Yudinji, um, it's because of the, the, the coexisting sovereignty the one that was never ceded, the one that was never extinguished by the Commonwealth of Australia, or the Europeans for that matter, uh, because of that very sovereignty that we have the right to, to rebuild the nation, the one they talk about in the UN Declaration of Rights for Indigenous People, the one that Lydia Thorpe you know, is trying to get introduced into the Australian legislation, that, that one where they have the right to go and rebuild their world while they have a choice to take part in the life of the state. You know, the two things that are there, the two things mentioned in the Uluru Statement from the Heart, the sovereignty, the sovereignty, the sovereignty. Our sovereignty hasn't been ceded. So we have the ability to make now money, the currency, the, 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 the money of the realm. And that's exactly what we're doing. So where do we fit in the UN world? We don't. We were never included in the UN world. We're excluded. When Australia said, no, you blackfellas can't take part in Australia, you're not smart enough, you're not smart enough to cast a vote, you're more dumber than monkeys, whatever they wanted to do. But we're now in a position that Australia and the, and the UN world are going, where the hell do we put used people? Because used do have the right to sovereignty. You do have the right to law. You have the ability to make money. You have the ability to make currency. Where the hell do we fit this in now? So they've got to, they actually are creating a new slot for the Yudinji nation or the indigenous nations that haven't been included into the UN, which is a huge, huge thing. So it's just probably the biggest thing to do is to learn who the hell you are and where you belong in the world. And that's exactly what Udinji has done over a number of years now, worked out where our position is and how we're going to interact now with the rest of the world. And, and that's why the Udinji government is here. Yeah, I think, it's, uh, like you said, it's, it's exciting um, <clears throat> and the possibilities are going to be uh, quite interesting. Uh, but I know there's an, an election being called there for, I think, May 21 in the Australian realm. Uh, you know, you never hear from these uh, other guys, like even contacting our government, you never hear from, you know, Senator Dodson or Senator Thorpe even, uh, or, or Albanese. Uh, yeah, I ran into Scott Morrison and, and gave him a, a short presentation there about the energy and uh, things like that. But, you know, those things are, are too far, uh, a few in between. Commonwealth of Australia, you're going to have to wake up and I'm talking about the, the executive. You're going to have to wake up. And because uh, we don't want to have to say we told you so. Uh, that's not our desire or our wish. We're saying we're here to help. You know, but if you're going to be a naughty child, um, then fair enough. But you're going to have to tell your citizens why you did what you sat on your hands while you wrecked the joint. You know, you're putting crayons on the walls and, and, and messing up the room and all that stuff you know you're old enough you're mature enough get over it and talk with us um, if you don't want to talk with us that's fine but when once again we are showing you guys in good faith what the Indian nation is all about what it represents and you know that this is a matter of trust simple you know uh, can we trust you? You've got to rock up and, and, and show us why we should trust you. And um, that's a very important thing. Oh, absolutely. Look, there's a bit of stuff going on out in the, out in the Coral Sea at present, um, you know, with, with an island nation there saying, well, look, we might let Chinese police come on board and give us a bit of a hand. You know, what's, this, what's it got to do with Australia if the Chinese police move into there? It's upsetting the, the apple cart in the, I suppose, the world of security because the Chinese are getting closer and closer to Australia. There's nothing. Now, Australia must understand this. There is absolutely nothing uh, for the, to stop the Yidinji nation or any other Aboriginal nation, not that it's our preferred position, but there's nothing to stop the, an Indigenous nation from letting the Chinese police come into their part of the world and assist the Indigenous nation with policing, for example. But it's not our preferred position, but Australia must, as you said, must get its finger out. Well, I mean, this is what I think why we share our information with the National Security College of the ANU and, and all these other think tanks, you know, to give them that seed to say, hey, look, we're here to protect Aussie. What are you fellas doing about it, ASIO? 
um, you know, Office of National Security, whatever it is, um, you know, I think that that is the biggest one. And you know what? I can't speak Chinese, but if I have to learn, I'll do it. I can use chopsticks, put it that way. And um, uh, so most, most of the things we say here, 99% of it goes straight to the Commonwealth of Australia and its security agencies. You know, well, we joke about the office being bugged, and we hope it is. You know, and if ASIO, if you're, not, if you're listening, uh, if, you know, if, you, if you're not listening, you're in trouble um, because you should be listening. We've got no secrets here on the Indian Territory. Uh, it, it might be a, a few ingredients to bully beef and, and rice uh, dishes that different families might hold, but that's about it. Um, I think that we've been very transparent, open book. You know, who's who's the ones that are being transparent at the moment? Who's the one that maybe cooking the books? You know, they're the questions you've got to ask. But anyway, may God's peace be upon you wherever you are listening to the show. Uh, every man and woman out there and child, uh, we truly wish you the best. Uh, and in almighty name of Yeshua, Hamashiach, uh, you know, peace be unto you and have a great week. And Ginyara, thanks for coming down all the way. Yeah, no worries. Thanks. Have a good day. All right, that's it from us. We'll catch you next time. Okay, go.